Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm so glad to see all of you here today. I was thinking, I was telling the earlier service, it seems like every prayer for rain showed up to heaven at once. So he's dumping it on us. But we need it, so we thank the Lord for it. Amen. We'll take the rain. We'll take none of the other stuff. Unless you're Warren and you kind of need to fix some dents. So we do pray for a little bit of that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you back, Warren. Love you, man. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis, the first book in your Bible. And uh, we're going to walk through a few scriptures today, but I, I just turn to somebody right quick and ask them this question. Who's your mama? Who's your mama? That's the question today. Who's your mama? And we're going we're gonna to look through some scriptures and we're going to figure out which mother you identify with. I'm not talking about your natural mother. I'm talking about in the realm of the spirit, in the realm of faith, in the realm that pertains to the things of God. And... Uh, I'm excited to bring this word to you today. This, this skeleton walks into a bar and he orders a drink and a mop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. No dollar for that today. Okay. I, let me try another one then. Do I need to explain it or just move on? Okay. All right. all right. We're so glad to have all of you here today that are with us, our, our special guest today. From, and um, pray God's blessing on you, and especially you mothers, uh, that God would keep you in his perfect peace and that you would have a blessed day today and um, that you would enjoy the favor and the grace and the blessing of God in your life that your children would rise up and call you blessed. Yeah. Amen. Genesis chapter 15. i got to lay a bit of foundation for a while, so stick with me. Come on, help me out. Say, I'm with you, Pastor. All right. Genesis chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, that is to Abram, saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body. Everybody say, from your own body shall be your heir. Now, the reason God is telling Abram this is because God shows up and the scripture says the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and it says, I am your exceeding great reward. So then Abram, Abram says, well, God, what are you going to give me seeing that I don't have any kids? I mean, this is like the sum total of my life. There's nothing after me except I've got this, this servant that's born in my house whose name is Eliezer and he's, he stands to inherit everything. And God said, no, no, no. One will be, this one will be, shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir, okay? So then, then God brought him outside and said, look, verse 5, he brought it, brings Abram out and says, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Wow. He's talking to a relatively old fella here whose Abram is, at this point is around 80 years old, all right? And he's telling him that he's going to have children as many as the stars in heaven, all right? This is pretty unrealistic sounding, isn't it? 
you're able to, and watch, and he, that is Abram, believed in the Lord, and he, God, accounted it to him for righteousness. And this is how, right here, this verse right here is, is the central verse in all of what Paul taught us in, the, in, in his epistles to the churches, to all of us, and that we believe God, our faith in God, is what makes us righteous. Nothing else. No works we can do, no performance on our part. We believe him and we're made righteous. That is a glorious, glorious thing. So, and so therefore Abraham is the father of our faith. We've got that part, but my question today is, who's your mama? Who's your mama? And he believed God. Now watch, Genesis chapter, well, I'm just going to tell you about Genesis chapter 16. Remember we heard God tell Abram, he's going to come from your own body. Well, some time went by, and, and I, I, apparently Abram told Sarai, her name at that time was Sarai, S-A-R-A-I. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. That's what my Texas logic tells me. So just, anyway, so she says, from your own body. Okay, so the more they talked it out, she's thinking she's not, she's not the other part in the story. So she's got this handmaid, this servant in her house named Hagar, and she says, I got this idea. Okay, so God says it's going to come from your body. Apparently it's not from mine, so why don't you take my handmaid and why don't you have a baby with her? And, and Abram's like, sounds good. No argument at all on Abram's part. Okay, yeah, sure. You're, okay. So they did. And she gave him Hagar to have a, a child, and Hagar conceived. And so when this child was born, no, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go back to my notes. Okay, he gives birth to this son. Okay, or she does. At this time, Abram is 86 years old. 86 years old, right? And he names the boy Ishmael. I-S-H-M-A-E-L. Ishmael. And that name means God will hear. God will hear. Now, I want you to understand something today. Ishmael nor Hagar were in God's plan. All right? But here's the problem with, with humanity and our impatience toward things. And that is that sometimes when we see that God has promised us something or we, he, he has spoken even the desire of our heart to us, that we have a tendency sometimes to run after that like it's on us to get it accomplished. Amen. All right? Like, so we, we get impatient and, and will not walk the process of that word coming to fruition. So then we want to make it happen. We want to make it happen right now. So that's what happened with Abram and Sarah. They wanted to make that promise happen rather than just fully receiving God's plan, God's purpose in this whole process. So this is a, this is a problem, all right? And he names this boy God will hear. Now listen to me. And this is, the, this is the art of religion. It's the sickness of religion is what it is. Religion is sick anyway. It's the sickness of it. And here it is. That he believed that whatever he did, and if he did it, listen to me, this is how religion talks. If I, I got to pray hard. I got to pray a lot. I got to do this. I got to do that. Then God will hear. Then God will pay attention to me. If I can get all these ducks in a row, then God will do something. He'll perform on my behalf. And this is what Abram names this son, God will hear. Yeah. Now watch this. So when this child is born, 
Hagar takes it upon herself to look down upon Sarah. The scripture says that she despised Sarah. And she, she looked at her with a mocking look. And Sarah was not going to have any of that. So she got harsh with her and ran her out of the house. Then Hagar ends up coming back. It was just kind of all a, a mess. You can imagine the emotional tension there in the house. And Abram having to do the best with all of that. Faith is the understanding that you already have what God has promised you. It's the understanding that you already have it. Our performance many times is this impatient attempt to get what God has promised us, not standing in the position of, I already have it. I already have it. And so, but, but if we'll have patience in this process along with faith, it, and, and what patience is, is it's this enduring anticipation that, that God's promise is manifesting or soon will manifest in your life. Yeah. Amen. A lot of times we don't like the word patience, don't like the, but patience is a true power. The scripture says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I just want to tell you, don't jump the gun. Don't get religious in the process of receiving your promise. Yes. All right? Quit acting like you need to perform for God for that to happen. You believe God all the way through till that promise is manifested in your life. You rest in his power. You rest in his promise. You rest in his word and stop striving for what you already have. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis 17. Let's jump over there. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai anymore, but Sarah with an H at the end, shall be her name. Now, that's awesome. Sarai already is a cool name because it means princess. Princess. But Sarah means noble woman. So what God was preparing Sarah for, and we know God changed Abram to Abraham, Abram meaning father, to Abraham meaning father of the world. Wouldn't you love to have that type, that God call you? You are the father of the world. What a cool deal, huh? Father of nations. Sarah, though, went from being a princess to a noblewoman, which means that she wasn't just the recipient of a rich heritage. Now she would be the progenitor of a heritage to follow. He's getting motherhood in her heart. All right? He's getting motherhood in her, identifi- uh, her identity, getting her to say, Sarah, noblewoman. I'm not just a recipient. I am one that... Nations come after me. Because watch this. This is so powerful. Verse 16 of of Genesis 17. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. I guess God thought he didn't, it was, he probably thought it was obvious that Sarah was supposed to be the one (laughs) that would conceive from Abram's own body, but they missed that. So he's real clear with them now from your own body, and from her. All right, you don't need other women in your life. This is the one we're going to work with, your wife. Then I will bless her, and she will be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. That's powerful. Verse 17, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He said, that's a good one, God. Are you kidding me? Sarah is going to have a a son and she's going to be the mother of kings? Now watch. 
And this is why he laughed. He said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, if you're thinking in the natural, you're going to laugh pretty hard at that kind of report. Imagine your grandparents deciding they want to start having kids again. Right? Yeah, you're all laughing. You know, so you can relate. You can relate to Abram. Like, all right? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that, watch, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Why don't you just use my plan, God? Use my plan. Hear, hear this. God will hear. I was expecting that you would go along with me here because I had it figured out. Let Ishmael work. I mean, we have, I've already got the son. Come on, just work in my plan, God. <laughs> then God said, no. Sarah your wife shall bear you a son. Just want to make sure you understand, Abram, it's Sarah that's going to have the son, I'm promising you. And you shall call his name Isaac. I love the name Isaac. You know what it means? He laughs. It's like when God heard Abraham laugh, he thought, okay, all right. I'm going to give you something to laugh about. Isaac, he laughs. Because... That is really all that you can do when you receive the full impact of the grace of God in your life. It should erupt in you joy and laughter. All you can do is be happy. I love this. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna name your son He Laughs so that no human could glory in this happening. All right, I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. What a promise. Now, let's go to the next chapter, Genesis 18. Got to move quickly. Verse 10, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing, I'll say. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself and said, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And what's funny, if, if, if you continue to read this chapter, it says the Lord heard her and said, why is Sarah laughing? And then she said, I didn't laugh. He says, no, but you did laugh. <laughs> yes, sir, I did. Matter of fact, your boy's name is Laugh. So Isaac is born. Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah's 90, all right? Now, the Lord, word of the Lord came to Abram at this time. Abraham, at the age of 99, when he said, this time next year, your wife's going to bear a son. And that's why he said, at 100 years old? I mean, 99, I can understand, but 100? <laughs> he says, think about this for a moment. The first time God started talking to Abraham, he's, 20, uh, he's 75 years old. And this promise is not realized for 25 years. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Now, I'm not here to give you news today that your promise is 25 years away. It might be 50 years away. I don't know. But that's not the point. Time's not the point. 
The fact that God is true to his word, that's the point. And that he wants you to believe him no matter how much time goes by, that you'll be only convinced that he is true, his word is true for your life, and you're going to see that promise manifested. Whatever that promise may be. I'm going to go three chapters over, Genesis 21. All right? So the child grew and was weaned. Now Isaac's born, so he grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Thinking about how much formula he was not going to have to buy anymore. <laughs> Anybody ever have to buy formula? Right? I mean, Heather and I, when we start buying that stuff, I'm like, are you kidding me? And if we ever spilled any on the counter, I mean, we're scraping it, <laughs> putting it back in the can like... It's gold dust, man. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, watch, the Egyptian whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. So now little Ishmael's taking on his mom's attitude, all right? Just like she was scoffing Sarah, now he's over here in the corner mocking Isaac. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. Verse, verse 10, therefore she said to Abraham, I love this woman, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. See, Mama Sarah, she just took it upon herself that she was going to do something in this situation. Her son of promise was not going to be exposed to ridicule from the son of a slave. They don't belong under the same roof. They don't mix. So she had to step up to the plate in defense of her son. We're going to go to one last scripture, Galatians chapter 4. We're going to tie all this together now, all right? Who's your mama? Who's your mama? Galatians chapter 4 really is, asks us this question and answers it for us too. Verse 21, now we're going to be reading from the Amplified Version, so you might want to look on the screen here at this part. Tell me, you who are bent on being under the law, will you listen to what the law really says? Verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondmaid and one by the free woman. I like that. Verse 23, but whereas the child of the slave woman was born according to the what? And had an ordinary birth, the son of the free woman was born in fulfillment of the promise. Ooh, I love that word free woman. If you look that up in the Greek, this is what it means. Exempt from obligation or liability. So everything about your relationship with God and what you do in life is not out of some obligation. Well, I need to. I need to straighten up. I need to go to church. I need to do this. I need to do that. This is not how this works. You are children of promise. The obligation part is out. This is not some begrudging obligation. Now it has become a glorious obsession of ours. Free to be free. The son of the free woman was born in fulfillment of the promise. Verse 24, watch this. Now, all this is an allegory, okay? Oh, okay. These two women represent two covenants. One covenant originated from Mount Sinai where the law was given, well, you know, where God met with Moses and wrote the Ten Commandments, and bears children, watch, destined for slavery. This is Hagar. And the children of Hagar act like Hagar. 
This is still going on today. The children of Hagar are still mocking the children of Sarah. Still happening, scoffing at your freedom, acting like that you cannot be that free. Acting like grace and the good news of the gospel really isn't that good. You've got to do something to keep that, that salvation. You've got to do something to maintain your righteousness. You need to keep the law. You need to do all these good things so that you show you're serious with God. I don't know what the Spanish word for them is, but I would guess it's something like bastardos. No? Okay, all right. Verse 25. Now Hagar, watch. Now Hagar is or stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia, and she corresponds to and belongs in the same category with the present Jerusalem, for she is in bondage together with her children. Do you see this? If your mama is Hagar, you'll never be free. You'll never be free. If you think it's about your performance, you'll never be free to enjoy this grace that is freely given to us. Verse 26, watch this. But the Jerusalem above the Messianic kingdom of Christ is free, and she is our mother. All right? This is what Sarah represents. All right? Let's keep going. I think we need to keep going. Yes. Verse 27. For it is written in the scriptures, Rejoice, O barren woman who has not given birth to children. Break forth into a joyful shout. This sounds a little bit like laughter, doesn't it? Huh? That's what Sarah did. You who are not feeling birth pains, for the desolate woman has many more children than she who has a husband. Verse 28. But we, brethren, are children not by physical descent, as was Ishmael, but like Isaac, born in virtue of promise. 29. Yet, just as at that time, the child of ordinary birth, I love the way this says this, ordinary birth, born according to the flesh, despised and persecuted him who was born remarkably. Hey, listen to me. Don't let those religious freaks talk you out of your freedom in Christ. All right? Because they're going to persecute. They're going to say all manner of evil about you because you're free in him. They cannot take the good news. Right? Because they've been jaded. All of us have been jaded by good news in this world. Right? And we've talked about this before. That's why we come up with phrases like all good things must come to an end. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Right? I mean, this is what... This is what good news on this earth. But the good news of the gospel is Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead the third day. Whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. Period. There's no shuck and jive with this gospel. We're not waiting for the other shoe to drop. Okay, where's the fine print? Where's the catch? There is no catch to this. There is no catch. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. All right. But we, brethren, watch. So he persecuted him who was born remarkably according to the promise and the working of the Holy Spirit. So it is now also. I get told, I get stuff said about me from time to time because I hear about it, that I'm one of those, I only preach feel-good messages. I only preach feel good. I only, I only preach, and, and, and it's just this, what they call it, what do they call it? Gr- uh, 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 hyper grace. 
hyper grace, radical grace. Yeah, it's pretty radical that grace is. I was a radical sinner. I needed radical grace. I mean, I was five when I got saved. I'd lived five years of debauchery. (laughs) Stuff a five-year-old should never do. But that doesn't matter. Because the truth is, we're all born sinners. It doesn't matter what level of sin you were at. I was born a thief. I was born a liar. I was born a homosexual. I was born all of it. So were you. But we all got free when we got born again. I don't have any problem with people saying, I was born this way. I know, but you can be born again. That's the cure. Hallelujah. That's the the hope. We don't have to stay like this. All of us were born in sin. All of us were born lost. doesn't matter. Right? And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But what does the scripture say? And then Paul says it right here. He says exactly what Sarah says in verse 30. But what does the scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son. For never shall the son of the slave woman be heir and share the inheritance with the son of the free woman. My family, I want you to understand. And I want you to grow in grace, stay in grace, stand in grace, and do not let that slave mentality ever into your mind. You just be in the house, in the freedom of God, and enjoy the inheritance that he came to give you through the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot perform for it. You cannot earn it. You can't be good enough. You'll never be good enough. Jesus was good enough. He was the one that did all the performance that was necessary for you and I to receive by grace through faith this awesome life in Him. I don't know what to do except laugh about that. That's, that's really all we can do. You know what happened in Baltimore recently? What a mess. Young Freddie Gray's life was taken prematurely, and we don't know all of the story because there's just been so much uprising about it and rioting in the streets and violence and looting and vandalizing and all that kind of stuff, just a bunch of overreactions. And but I think you probably saw the video. Hopefully you've seen this mama by now, who went and chased her son down, came and found him and started smacking this kid around, right, in front of God and country, clawing at him, hitting him across the head, because she didn't want him to be any part of what was going on there. It was such a stunning video. It went viral, but New York Post put out a headline on April the 29th that simply read, forget the National Guard, send in the moms. Response, and response to that incident, you know, it resulted in some cheers and some jeers, right? Some people were hailing her as a hero and others were calling her reckless and all that kind of stuff. But Toya Graham, 42-year-old single mother of six, was unapologetic saying she did not want her son to become another Freddie Gray. She said, I was so angry with him. This, I'm just reading her quote. I was so angry with him that he had made a decision to do some harm to the police officers. I just lost it at that point. And her 16-year-old son, Michael, was no doubt mortified to be so publicly disciplined by his mother. He said, I was like, oh man, what is my mother doing down here? Why would she be down here? When I heard, put that brick down, I was like, oh, mama's here. But after a little time has gone by, 
he actually came to be grateful for his mother's intervention. And later he told ABC News, I understand now how much my mother really cares about me, so I'm just going to try to do better. She said, my intention was to just get my son and have him safe. The Baltimore Police Commissioner, Anthony uh, Batts, uh, applauded her saying, I wish I had more parents who took charge of their kids tonight. So your, your mama, Sarah, otherwise known as Grace, will not tolerate you living one more day in bondage, in bondage to self-effort, in bondage to self-righteousness, in bondage to sin, in bondage to everything that is contrary to the freedom you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. She is not going to have that in her house, and I want to encourage you, act like your mama. You don't tolerate it in your own life either. You don't tolerate it in your own house. You live by grace and grace alone. You either simply receive what God gives you freely or you live your life trying to earn it, but you cannot do both things. In verse 31, last verse here says this, So brethren, we who are born again are not children of a slave woman, the natural, but of the free, the supernatural. The inheritance is for the children of promise and them alone, never for the children of performance. Who is your mama? Who are you identifying with when it comes to your relationship with God? Maybe today you've had a little bit of awakening where you see that you've, you've been acting a little bit like Hagar, thinking if I do enough stuff, then I'll get God's attention. God will hear me. But listen to me. I want you to take on your mother, Sarah, instead. Receive her heritage. Receive her inheritance, her legacy into your life today. And that is a legacy of faith, a legacy of faith in God no matter what, a legacy of, of staring at her circumstances that were all contrary to this promise from God. They were all contrary. They, they, they couldn't wait for themselves to get any younger because they weren't getting any younger. They couldn't wait for, for, for everything to start working out right before they started believing God. The scripture says that Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed anyway. Nothing about his body told him, hey, it's time to start having a family. He looked at his little 90-year-old wife. And nothing about that told him, hey, she's ripe for, uh, for having children. None of that. None of, none of that was telling them that. Right? All, what their bodies were telling them, you got one foot in the grave and the other one almost there. But yet, here they are, believing God. And the scripture says that Abraham did not consider his own body being weak. Or, or be, uh, uh, he was not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he did not even calculate the circumstances that were so contrary to this promise from God. And this is what faith in God looks like. And this is what Abraham and Sarah took upon themselves. They were going to believe God no matter what. They were going to hold on to that promise come hell or high water. It didn't matter. They were going to believe and receive that. Hallelujah. Only what God has said. You got to get to the place in your life where you will not be satisfied with anything less than what God has promised you. You're, all right? You're not, you're not looking for circumstantial evidence. You have all the evidence you need in the promise in the Word of God that tells you that, that it can be yours. This is what your life can be. Will you believe that? Will you hold on to that? And will you daily by faith and patience get that promise manifested in your life. It doesn't matter how long it takes. That's right. The word of God is true. God cannot lie. He will not lie. And he watches over his word to perform for your behalf. All he's looking for on your part is will you receive, is your receiver open? Are the doors open saying, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll receive that.
I receive your help. I receive your promise in my life. I'm tired of doing it my way. Trying to earn what I already have. And it will be manifested, it will be known. That's why it's so important that we get God's word in our mouth. That's what the difference was. 25 years, 24 years, God was talking about Abraham's promise. But the, when Abraham got it in his own mouth and Sarah got it in her mouth, she would say, I'm Sarah, noble woman. And Abraham said, I'm Abraham, father of the world. Within a year, they had their promise. See, God can talk about your promises all day long. 24 years, they only heard about it. But when they got it in their mouth, less than a year later, they were living that promise. That's why you got to get that word in your mouth. Say what God has said until your circumstances line up with that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for Sarah, this hero mother. Lord, we want to identify with her. We don't want to be like Hagar. Lord, we don't want to be sons and have slave mentality. Help us, Father God, to wrap our minds around and to receive the fullness of what it means to be children of God and to receive this great inheritance that all comes in salvation. Not just, not just heaven. We thank God for that. But, Lord, you have an inheritance for us to enjoy right here on this earth, a daily walk with you, daily provision, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, health and wholeness for our bodies. Thank you, Lord, and restored and healed and blessed and whole relationships. Thank you, Father God. Right now we have on this earth favor from God. It surrounds us as with a shield. Oh, you, you have a deliverance for us in every area of our lives. Your word says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. We thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Father, I'm asking you right now that there are those here today who just need to make some adjustments in their life. And I pray, God, that you would give them the grace to do that and help them, give them the wisdom to see, to understand, that their ears would be here open to hear your guidance, Lord. But it starts by refusing to depend on ourselves, but fully trusting in Jesus, fully looking to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. We know that that work that you began in us, you will be faithful to complete that work. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, so that we can fully trust in you and hold on to your promise, no matter what we may be experiencing at the present moment. You always lead us in triumph. You always give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that grace and peace would now be multiplied to these wonderful people today from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that every mother here today, Lord, would experience an extra special dose of your love and grace in Jesus' name. Thank you for them. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.